Good evening, everybody. Welcome to High Desert Word Center on a Wednesday night. Amen. You all would stand up with us this evening. The youth uh, group all got back safely an hour or so ago. Thank you, Jesus, for their safety. 30, 30 youth and six adult. What an awesome thing. And they had a great time, I, I hear. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more. So we have, uh, I think Nick's the only one that drove all that way that's in the service. Tonight. Who else is here? Hi, James. Brave men, yes. Yes, 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 yes. So thanks for driving. But you were brave enough to come to church tonight. Everybody else is like, oh, oh well, that's okay. It's all right. Okay. Well, let's say our faith confession of the United States of America. Amen. we got to keep on saying this and saying it and saying it. All right, you ready? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. Praise the Lord. Okay, well, we've got a few announcements. Um, we have run out of the uh, printed copies of the July Scripture reading, so go either to, to Facebook and look it up or go to the website. It is online. You can get those. Uh, membership class, oh, my gosh, it's this Sunday, July the 17th. It also happens to be Pastor's birthday that day. Yeah. So from 4 to 7 p.m. in victory, so... If you're not a member of High Desert Word Center yet, make sure you sign up because it's a great place to be. Amen. And the men's fishing trip to Balboa Pier in uh, San Diego is going to be July the 25th. Pool rentals are $20, and you need to see Timothy Justice for that. He's not here this morning. He's, I mean this evening. He's the great big guy with a beard, in case you wonder who it is. He towers above everybody, so you'll know who he is when you come on Sunday. Also, uh... Make sure that if you're interested in SMTI or even if you may be interested in SMTI that you pick up one of these forms on the info booth. You know, if you go to their website, Dr. Barker's website listed in here, there's three hours of free classes that you can look at and you can get a taste of what it's like to go. But you need to be signing up. We'll start that the second Monday night in uh, September. It'll go for nine months. You won't regret that you go. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Well, Pastor, you ready to come on up here? Come on. Come on down or up or something. Hallelujah. Man, you're a good-looking pastor's wife. Uh Follow me as I follow Christ. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Amen. All right, what time is it? Hold up your hands in the envelope for your tithes or for your offerings. And look at Galatians chapter 6. Amen. Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to be looking at uh, verse 7. And we're going to end up at verse 10, but I, I will go quickly. But the Word of God is where faith comes from. If there's ever a time that Christians need to have faith in their finances, it's today. Amen. I'm glad to see gas is going down a little bit. But thank you, Jesus. Things never change in heaven. And the kingdom of God lives in us. And the kingdom of God never changes. But it changes things. And so no matter what goes on, when we cooperate with heaven's principles, we get heaven's blessings. Amen? I don't think God's worried about gas in heaven. Now, what did Jesus say? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If there's no worry in heaven, there should be no worry on earth. We just cooperate with the Bible. And so, and so for, for the people of God, it says this. 
Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. This works in every area of life. If you uh, treat unforgiveness, strife, and hatred to other people, that's what comes back to you. You reap that. And in the financial arena, if you're a person that uh, is a faithful tither to God, you give offerings, you're blessed, you want to bless people, he says, that's what you're going to reap. Yeah, but let's get down to verse 9, and we'll just get to the end of this. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Well, I wonder what he's talking about here. Uh, we reap what we sow. Verse 10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially to all those that gamble in Vegas. Especially to all those that play the lottery every day and they can't pay their bills. Who does it say to do good to? It says, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. God says that a wise place to invest your offerings is in faith people. Amen. I tell you what, when you, when you sow into faith, then people are going to sow into you that are faith people. And it kind of, kind of keeps it moving, but the main thing is, God says, I've got a system. Invest your money where you get the best return. And today, I know that, uh, I, I saw last week somebody that, uh, a big guy that sends emails to everybody, sent me one last week, and he says portfolio, since things started happening about a year ago, he said it's went down 30%. His portfolio, I'm talking about a billionaire, a lot of money has lost 30% of its value in the last year. Well, when you invest in the kingdom of God, it's given, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shake together, and run it over. What you sow is what you reap. And so I would just advise Christians at this point in time, don't be worried about your investments out there, but keep your faith active for your investments in the kingdom of God. Amen? He said, don't be weary. Just keep giving. And he said, especially. Now, I want you to get that because I don't think Christians really understand that God's serious about the body of Christ succeeding financially. He said, especially to them of the household of faith. And let's talk about the body of Christ in general. You know, you should be helping the family of God, but your church is a good place to sow into to make sure things keep going. Amen? Because we want to fill all these seats up with people that are like most of you were when you came in. You know, most of you were like me. I came from Loserville. Anybody ever lived in Loser Loserville? Amen. Then I came into the winter circle, and I'm glad to be here. So, it's pretty good, Robert. Amen. Well, let's make our financial faith confession. Let's stand up. <clears throat> and you know, I, I I want to remind you of this that uh, I know I know that most of us now give online. Instead of actually put, putting money into the bucket, we still we still do the, still do the bucket. But even if you give online, it's not doing a disgrace or being a phony to walk up to the altar because God says He wants you to present your offer at the altar anyway. And you should always give in faith when you give online. When you push the little clicks and things like that, you can say, "Lord, I'm not paying a bill. I've given my tithe into You, and I'm blessing You, Lord, with this tithe." But then when we're coming up here, as we're still giving like this. You're more than welcome to come up here as an act of your faith. As you're coming up here, just be raise your hands set and say, Lord, I want to thank you. You know that I've sowed. You know that I've tithed. And Lord, I come to your holy altar just as an act of my faith, just to present myself to you, sir. And I want to thank you that you're our blesser. Amen. So just don't be afraid to do things like that. It's not phony, but it's faith. As we break the Lord's tithe today, we believe we receive. Jobs, our better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for being all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, get just to the kingdom of God. Promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's worship the
Lord together tonight. Feel free to join us at the altar. You called out into darkness. You reached out to save us. You conquered the grave. You crossed the divide. Lost in our sin, you made us alive. How could we ever hold it inside? We can't hold back. We're gonna let you higher and higher. Hearts burning bright like a fire, fire. Voices unite, make it louder, louder. We're never gonna stop singing. We're never gonna stop singing. Set free, no longer bound by chains. Jesus, I can't get enough, and I can't walk away, no, I can't walk away, for I have seen
Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Raise your voices and sing that out.
worship you tonight. Lord, we think back on those days when we didn't know you, when our lives were aimless, meaningless. We were walking around in darkness. We didn't know what to do with ourselves, Father. But then we found you, Lord Jesus, and you made us a new creature in you, Father. You made us new. You made everything new. You washed away our past, Father God, and you gave us a hope, and you gave us a future, and you gave us eternal life. Someday we'll go to heaven, Father. But for now, you're our healer. You're our deliverer. You're our Holy Ghost baptizer. You're our protector. You're our everything, Heavenly Father. Without you, we are nothing. But with you, Father, we are everything. And we give you all the praise and all the glory for it tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, I always like to uh, preach from here because I can see you better. And I like to be able to see you better, right? And react with one another. That's what I like to be up here with where, where you are. Amen. Well, this, this um, if I don't drop the microphone, I'll be doing good. I'll just stay there. Don't move. Okay, well, this summer, Pastor David said it's summer in the Psalms, and so we're talking about the Psalms this summer. And I'm going to be teaching tonight on one of my most favorite Psalms of all times, and that's Psalms 27. I love this Psalm. I love this Psalm, love this Psalm, love this Psalm. But I want, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk to you a minute about something that the Lord laid on my heart to share with you tonight. It has nothing at all to do with the message, okay? But I've had a lot of people come up to me lately in the prayer line, uh, both young people and older people, saying, how can I, you know, how, how can I resist temptation? And, and how, what am I going to do about these friends, these friends that aren't good, you know, since I've become a Christian and stuff like that? So I'm going to talk to you for just a minute, not on subject, about peer pressure. So peer pressure doesn't matter your age, Right? You know, there's peer pressure if you're a child, there's peer pressure if you're a teen, and there's even peer pressure if you're an adult, you know. Um, But there's two kinds of peer pressure. There's negative peer pressure, which we usually think about, but there's also positive peer pressure. Like when you come in here into the house of the Lord, this is positive peer pressure because people are always encouraging you, come on, we can do this, let's go. If you're having a problem, they want to pray with you. You know, this is positive prayer pressure, encouraging one another, saying, we're going to make this thing. We're going to do this. We are going to live a victorious Christian life because Jesus paid the price. It's in the word of God. We can do this. And so, you know, we want to be able to hang around people like that. Um, You know, in school, in the workplace, your friends, you know, stuff like that. There's lots of places out there in, in our world without God maybe even your neighborhood, particularly probably your neighborhood, you know? How many people in your neighborhood are born again? And what are you doing about it? That was a little challenge there if you didn't catch it, you know? (laughs) Hallelujah. Anyway, a lot of these people will lead you into the dark places. They'll tempt you, you know, some old friends. You know, if you just got born again, you may want to do this with your old friends. Say, you know, I can't do that anymore. I can't go drinking with you anymore. I can't go doing thus and above with you anymore because I've asked Jesus into my heart and I've surrendered my life to him. But I want to tell you about that. You know, try to share your testimony with them. Try to invite them to church with you. You know, now they may make fun of you. They may bully you. They may ridicule you. 
They may be, do all kinds of things, but there may be one or two that will start coming to church with you. You know, God will give you a new set of friends, a lot of them within this house right here. He'll give you new friends. You won't have to be out there alone and by yourself. You understand what I'm saying? So you don't have to be tempted by peer pressure from the old ways or whatever, or even some of you believers that in the workplace. Yeah, let's go out for a beer after work. Well, no, we're not doing that, you know. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to share that with you tonight because I'm seeing many people come up to the, my prayer line, you know, saying I'm really being tempted, you know, but a lot of it has to do with old peer pressure, old friends. So you don't have to put up with that. God's got the answer, right? New friends, amen, and life in him. All right, so now the, now the lesson, okay? So let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight, all right? Father, we come before you tonight in Jesus' name, and Lord, we lift up your word, Father. We thank you for your word. Lord, your word is, is everything to us, Father. Your word teaches us. Your word guides us. Your word warns us. Your word soothes us. Your word heals us. Your word shows us, Lord, how to, how to gain prosperity, how to gain success in life through you, Father. Your word does it all, Lord. You included everything and you excluded nothing. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight as we study Psalms 27, Lord, that you're going to open our eyes up to this beautiful psalm. And we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> okay, so now I got to thinking about the Psalms. I'm think, I was thinking yesterday or today, I was thinking the Psalms. You know, there's a whole slew of them, 150 Psalms. And one thing that I've noticed that the Psalms do to us is they soothe us. Think about it. They soothe our soul. You know, we're made up of our, our mind, our, 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 your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and we're made up of our spirit, soul, and our body. But our soul, the Psalms soothe our soul. But the Psalms can also challenge us. You know, when we read some of the Psalms that, uh, that King David wrote, we can, we can be challenged by some of the things that he went through and some of the things that he's encouraging us to do. So I think that's why so many of us love to read the Psalms is because... We just feel so much at peace when we read them. Don't you think so? I do. I just love the Psalms. Amen. I want to show you something maybe you've never experienced before or thought about doing, but somebody told me this one time. I'm going to show you how to, one way to meditate in the Word of God. I'm in the New King James tonight. I'm going to read this verse, verse Psalms 27, 1 to you, and I'm going to show you something. Psalms 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You can meditate the word of God and read it this way. The Lord is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? You're putting the emphasis on the Lord. So when you're putting the emphasis on the Lord, your mind goes to the Lord, and your mind goes to all that the Lord is, right? You can read it this way. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? You're gaining ownership of it. See that? Isn't this cool? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Well, what does salvation include? I just talked about it a minute ago. Not only talks about you having eternal life, but it talks about Jesus being your healer. Is this thing not working or what? I've got, I've got, a, I've got a microphone up here somewhere. Pastor, hand me that, please. Okay, so he's, oh, nice. <laughs> woo -hoo. So, yeah, whoopee. So, eternal life. You know, when we die someday, far, far in the distance, not yet, not now, we've got things to do right, we will have eternal life in heaven forever. He's our healer. Isn't he, Dave? Dave, Dave McNeil just told me, he said, I got another good report from the doctor today. You know, he was, he had... The devil, stupid devil put cancer on him, but he lost again, didn't he? Hallelujah. You know, he, anyway, the Lord is our everything in that word salvation. Now I'm going to do this again, so watch this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Oh, yeah, think about who could be your enemy. Whom, whom, whom am I going to be afraid of? Whom? You know, and you should come back with a great big nothing. I'm not going to be afraid of anything. Listen to this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
You know, so as you, as you, as, you know, this takes time to do this. But when you, when you have time alone with the Lord, try doing this on some of the stuff that you're reading. And it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to enrich what you're reading. Okay, do you understand? Did you understand when I was doing that? How the emphasis on different words brought different thought processes to your head. It showed you different things. Instead of just running right through the thing and saying, slamming your Bible shut. There, I read that for today and think you're good, right? Okay, all right, all right. Okay, so Psalms 27 was written by King David, who later became the king of Israel. And one of the most enjoyable things that I love about, like, reading the New Testament is First and Second Samuel, because it talks a lot about David. You know, it talks about David as a young boy, David the shepherd boy. It talks about him. It talks about, you know, he killed the lion, he killed the bear. It talks about how he loved the Lord and he sang songs to the Lord talks about how he killed Goliath the giant. You know, it talks about all these kinds of things. But it also, it goes into where King Saul brings him into the palace. And he wants David to sing and play for him because it soothes the demons within Saul, you know, so he kind of has peace. But King Saul <clears throat> hated David because the people uh, revered David because he killed Goliath. And so they would yell and scream and shout for for David, and oh, well, yeah, there's Saul. So Saul was jealous. But Saul tried to kill him over and over and over again. He would, when he was in the palace, he would throw uh, javelins at him and try to pin him against the wall and all kinds of stuff. You know, I mean, it's very interesting. So, and then, then <clears throat> David escapes, and David's best friend is Jonathan. I love the story of David and Jonathan. You know, you may, have, you may have a lot of acquaintances in life, but you may have one or two true friends in life where you can pour your guts out to and they'll never share one secret, you know. They'll, they're always there for you. And even if you may not see them for a while, they're still sharing your secrets. But David and Jonathan is a beautiful story about friendship. And just so happens that Jonathan was King Saul's son. So that was kind of a problem, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, anyway, <clears throat> Jonathan helped Saul to be able to escape escaped into the mountains by himself. It, uh, these, these first and second Samuel talks about how men that were disgruntled, you'll learn this in SMPI too, by the way, men that were disgruntled and debt and all that kind of stuff started gathering themselves to David because he was a leader. And then it goes on, it talks about how he made mighty, mighty men out of them. And, and it's just a wonderful story. So when you're, when you're reading in the Psalms a lot of times, if you know the background, of, the, of David and the Psalms that he wrote, now Moses wrote some of these, then you'll be able to understand where he was coming from. So I, I challenge you to do that. Read it in the New Living Translation. You'll want to read it in the King James, you know. But read it in the, read it in the Living Bible and you'll like that. So um, the Lord had a plan for David, you know. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. The same way he has a plan for all of us, you know. God had a plan for David and it was to be king of Israel. So, anyway, um, David had made a couple of horrible mistakes. Pastor uh, Dave talked about this a while back. He committed adultery with Bathsheba and had, her, had uh, her husband killed in battle on purpose. So, you know, he was uh, accountable for the murder of Uriah, I think his name was. But yet in Acts 13.22, the Lord calls David a man after my own heart, he says. Now you think, how in the world can God call David a man? Look what he did. You know, look what David did. You know, however, the Lord could call David a man after his own heart because he truly repented. He truly repented. And he turned away from his sin. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Behold, God makes all things new. Old things have passed away. All things are become new. That's such good news. You know, if the devil comes knocking on your door with your past, do you remember when you did such and such? Say, shut up, devil. You know, the Lord doesn't remember that sin anymore. He's forgiven me of that. So just take a hike. You know, you don't have to put up with that junk that he tries to pull on you. Okay, so what else have we got going on here? Do, 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 do. Um, so I'm going to read to you Psalms 27. And I hope well, it'll be up there on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you or a new King James. So listen to this beautiful psalm. 
King David's saying this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise against me, in this will I be confident. We're going to read in a minute what he's confident of. But when you know the stories of his battles and what he went through, great warrior, he was a great warrior, you can understand why he says this. Saul's been after him. Saul's army's been after him. But he's saying, you know, I've got God. Why should I be afraid? You know? You know, and I, and I can't help but reading this nowadays when I think about the Christians in Ukraine. I bet they know this. I bet they know this psalm. Yeah, I bet they know this psalm. And I bet they see the, the goodness of the Lord around about them, keeping them safe with bombs and everything else going off around them. But the Lord's keeping them safe. They could very well have written this. Same thing. Whom shall I be afraid? You know, Russian is tanks and is, yeah, forget that. You know, God is with me. God is keeping me safe. God is protecting me. You know, things like that. And we can say that even so today. Wow. So he says this in the end of verse 3. He says, in this will I be confident. One thing he said, have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. What is it, you may say? He says that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He wants to be, he wants to be in God's house. This is God's house. That's what he desires most of all from God, that he may be in the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord. Just like you're here tonight in the house of the Lord. That's where King David wanted to be, in God's house. He said that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Psalms 23 verse 6 says, And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever forever. You know, where's your priority? I mean, hey, I'm preaching to the choir tonight because you're all out here on a Wednesday night. Good for you. This is what life's all about. God's house. Loving one another. Learning and growing in Him. Becoming victorious and sharing this Jesus, this awesome God that we have with the world. You know? Remember that verse? Uh, it was our it was our uh, yearly verse a while back. It was in the New Living. Pastor, you're not going to have to help me in Colossians. So everywhere we go, we talk about Christ to all who will listen. That needs to be our goal. And so you come into this temple, you come into God's house here, and you get equipped. Have you noticed how weak you become if you miss church? Man alive. You just become weak, and it's like your very life is being sapped right out of you, just kind of drains out. But when you come back in here, you get refreshed. The presence of the Lord is powerful in this place. It is powerful. You know, Josh and the team, uh, Pastor Josh and the team bring in the presence of the Lord all the time. And I tell you what, and we all love it. And that makes way for the Lord to be able to move in our heart. It calms us. You know, from the busyness of the world or whatever's going on in our life, it calms us down. And it's like the Lord says, it's going to be all right. You know, I got this. It's going to be all right. And then the word comes forth. Hallelujah. And then you learn how to be strong Christians. Amen. It's just so exciting. I just, I just love the whole thing. Let me see what I've got here. Do-do-do-do-do-do. my notes for a minute. Aha. In verse 5, he says, I'm going to back up to 4 again. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Flip over to Psalms 91 for a minute. 
Psalms 91 is almost, it almost reads the same. Psalms 91 one says, um, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. So you would think that, they can, that David wrote Psalm 91 too, but he didn't. Moses did. But he's the same God. And we're all people, right? And it's so cool that, that Psalms 91 is almost identical in what it says in a lot of places. But David didn't write this. Moses did. But the Lord is the same. He helps us. Amen. He helps us out of all the things that we've got going on in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's see. Where are we now? Do, 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 do. Verse 6. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Okay, think about David out there. Man, he's got King Saul's army chasing him. Think about the people in Ukraine, the Christians. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. You know, if you're in a battlefield, it does, and let's pretend like you're in a, a, a foxhole. It doesn't seem like you want to lift your head up, you know. <laughs> that seems like a bad thing to do. But he says he lifts his head up above his enemies all around him. And he says, therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises unto the Lord. So, then, you know, the Bible talks... Uh, about sacrifices of joy. Hebrews 13.5 talks about sacrifices of praise. Well, what's a sacrifice of joy and what's a sacrifice of praise? When things are looking lousy in your life, the, the time that you don't feel like praising the Lord, you bring a sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. We used to sing that song back in the day. Sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. We bring it. We, we, you know, our will has a lot to do with us. You know, you can sit there and mope and moan and groan and be depressed and weep, or you can say, self, you know, you are going to set, you are going to praise the Lord. You are going to remember, you are going to bring sacrifices of joy. You're going to rejoice in what the Lord has done in your past. And you're going to rejoice and you're going to joy in what he's doing now. Sacrifice of praise. And when you really don't feel like it, man, you just start dancing. You come up here and you praise the Lord and you start dancing. And I tell you what, the devil runs out of here, tail between his legs. He does not like that. Amen. Amen. I'm serious. You know, oh, hallelujah. Okay. Where are we? We're in verse 7. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Now then listen to this dumb thing that he says in verse 9. He says, don't hide your face from me. Don't turn your servant away in anger. You've been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. He just got through saying, the Lord said, seek my face. He just got through saying, Lord, your face I'll seek. And then he says, Lord, don't hide your face from me. I think the dingbat spirit's entering in, you know. He's thinking, somehow or other, where did, where did the faith go? It just kind of leaked out a little bit there. But th that, that just gets me when I read that. Don't hide your face from me. And the Lord just said, you know, the Lord just said, seek my face. And then, then he says, don't hide your face from me. He says, don't turn your, your, your servant away in anger. Well, God's not going to do that. David says, you've been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. In Hebrews 13, 5, the Lord says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Isn't that awesome? He said he's never going to leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. The Lord holds us in the palm of his hand. But if you choose to walk out of, out of his palm, then you're on your own. Isaiah 49, 16 says he holds us in the palm of his hand. And then Psalms 139, 10 talks about how we are in his hand. But, you know, that, that's a beautiful thing to think about. You want to stay there. You don't want to walk out off of his, the palm of his hand, you know. Think of a big palm. Think of God, and you're standing in that beautiful palm of God that he loves you so much with. 
and you'd be dumb enough to try to walk away from him. Man alive, don't walk out of his hand. Hallelujah. You know, he'll still follow you around, coaching you to co- coach, coaxing you to come back, but he has also warned you of the dangers in this world, and if you choose to go out and play with the world, it isn't his fault, it's your fault. And sometimes we blame the devil for stuff. Sometimes it's the devil's fault, but sometimes it's our own stupid fault. It's our fault. And you have to fess up to it and say, it's my fault. You know, can't blame it on or him. It's your own fault. Your own stupid actions and stuff that you've done. Just stay in the palm of his hand. Don't walk away from the palm of his hand. Okay? Do not leave me nor forsake me. And he just said that, oh, God of my salvation. Verse 10. I love this scripture. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. King James says, take me up. New Living says, take care of me. And I think of so many children sometimes that find themselves, you know, without a home, who find themselves with their grandparents raising them or aunts and uncles, you know, amen, in the church, taking the children. When my mother and my father forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. I love that. In Psalm 68, 6, he says, God sets the solitary in families. And not only, not only a literal family like, like Alex and Adriana, but the family of God. He sets the solitary in families here, you know. He doesn't want you to be alone. Amen. Verse 11, he says, teach me your way, O Lord. And lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. Has anybody ever lied about you? It's not fun when people lie about you. I'm going to share something. I guess it's okay to share it. Back in the day... Many decades ago, <laughs> in times gone past, in times forgotten, we used to have to go to court all the time for nothing we did. And there would be a person in court every time who would lie about us. I hope I lie about him. Lie about him, lie about him, lie about him. And, you know, we're believers, you know. And it just seemed like, it seemed like every time we went into that, that courtroom that... Nothing ever got better. But the person that was coming against us, we could have hated that person. But you know what? The Lord says, I want you to love that person. And I I firmly believe that the Lord taught us how to love through that person that persecuted us so badly and lied all the time so that we look like a bunch of, of idiot snakes, you know? Because if we didn't learn how to love that person all those decades ago, how could we stand in the pulpit and be pastors and love the sheep? You know what I mean? It was a, it was a lesson that we had to go through. And I, for years, lasted for years. And I would, I would say, I would pray and I'd say to the Lord, I'd say, Lord, take this, stop this stuff, you know? And he would say, you know what he would say to me to make me so mad at him? He'd say, my grace is sufficient for you. So that said to me, he ain't doing nothing about this situation. We're going to have to walk it through because his grace was sufficient for us. I thought, I don't want to hear that, you know. I want you to do something. (laughs) Like wipe them from the face of the earth would be a good start, you know. But that changed to, Lord, I feel so sorry for them. I don't want them to go to hell. Lord, I love them with the love of the Lord. Isn't that interesting? You know, maybe you found yourself in a place like that in life. By golly, you better love those people. You better love them and you better forgive them and you better go on with your life and not get caught up in that stuff. Okay, I've got to find myself here. Verse 13, I would have lost heart. Wow. King David said, I would have lost heart think about him on the battlefield and all those that are coming against him. He said, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
And I remember a time in my life that that scripture, I grabbed onto that scripture and I thought everything was bad, got worse every day, got worse every week, got worse every month, got worse every year. God, where are you? You know, but Lord, I won't walk away from you. You know, I won't walk away from you. I don't know what you're doing in this situation, but I will not walk away from you. And then I would think of this. I would have lost heart unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The land of the living is the here and now. I'm still living. You're still living. And because we're still living, we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living in our situation. You know, I don't know what a lot of you are going through, but it's always something, you know. But he, he, he is always with us. Then I'm going to close with the last, the last verse here says this. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And this word wait doesn't mean you sit around and twiddle your thumbs and play your Xboxes or whatever it is you do and watch soap operas all day long and all this garbage. doesn't mean that. This is like the word waiter and waitress, which they don't even use anymore. They use, uh, what do they use? Ser server. Server. Yeah. He doesn't want us doing it. He wants us serving the Lord, waiting on the Lord, doing the Lord's work while he's tending to the situation, while he's working all things out. We're serving him because we know he's coming through for us, right? Because we believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my, my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumble and fell. Though an army shall encamp against us, my heart shall not fear. Though war shall rise against me, and this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praise to the Lord. Hear me, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, Lord, your face I will seek. Then down here to verse 10, my, when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord takes me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. But I would have lost heart. King James says I would have fainted unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful, I love this. One of my favorites. Hallelujah. Josh, come on up. Thank you, Lord. You know, you ought to try memorizing some of these. I had most of that memorized at one point, and I've kind of lost part of it, but, you know, I just, I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that. I love Psalms 91, and I love Psalms 51, and Psalms 63. Psalms 23, hallelujah. All right. What? Oh, Pastor wants to share something. Yeah, Let, let's stand. I, I, I want to tell you how God talks to you. You know, people say so many times, uh, I never hear God talk. I, what's the voice of the Lord sound like? Well, the more you get his word in your heart, he speaks it back to you when you need it. How many remember there was a pastor in this church four years ago had 70% of his blood was cancer, had 30% of his blood that was blood, 70% was cancer. Well, in the midst of that whole thing, when things were going on, I was looking at this psalm one, psalm one day, and the good shepherd of my heart caused this not just to be the written word of God to my head, it's called a rhema when it becomes a spoken word of God. And so in my heart, when I read that verse, he said, I would have fainted lest I'd live to see the see the Lord in the land of the living well I was dying I said wow you said I'm in the land of the living 
I grabbed a hold of that because that was God talking to me. It wasn't just the Bible. That was God talking to me. And so, you know, if you're new in the Lord and you wonder if the Lord's talking to you or not, there's lots of times you'll be reading the Bible, verses maybe you've read them a hundred times. You've read them over and over. And all of a sudden, Jesus made a statement, John 6, 63. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. Well, the whole word of God is God talking to us. But when it jumps off the pages and your heart goes, that's for me. So that's the words he's speaking unto you. And so that day when the Lord said, when I was dying, you're in the land of the living. I told Mrs. Pastor, I said, I'm not going to die. Amen. And then he told me in Psalm 23. Then he told me from Psalm 23. I'll tell you how this works because you may need this. In Psalms 23, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. At that point in time, the shadow, if you're, if you're close to a shadow, you're really close to it. So if you're walking next to the shadow of death, that means death on you. But then the Lord told me from Psalms 91.1, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Most High. So the Lord told me, He said, you're walking in the valley of the shadow of death, but my shadow's covering you. And so I'm just telling you this, what Mrs. Pastor was saying. These psalms are more than just nice. You start getting verses into your heart at your time of crisis, these verses will come back and save your life. Why will they save your life? Because what's the opposite of fear? Faith. And when God talks to your heart, there's faith. And if there's faith, you don't quit. Amen. Mrs. Pastor, great job. Great job. All right. Well, Josh, if you want to lead us in a song, and then if you need prayer for anything at all, come on up. And I just want to be where you are. And I just want to be near your heart. There is nothing like your love. And Jesus, there is nothing like your love. And I just want to be where you are. And I just want to be near your heart. There is nothing like your love. And Jesus, there is nothing like your love. And I can't get enough. No, I can't get enough. Your amazing love, oh, Jesus, I can't get enough, and I can't walk away. No, I can't walk away. seen your face and I can't walk away and I just want to be where you are and I just want to be near your heart and there is nothing Jesus, there is nothing like your love, and I just want to be where you are, and I just want to be near your heart, 
There is nothing like your love, and I just want to be where you are, and I just want to be near your heart, and there is nothing like your love, and Jesus, there is nothing like Let's raise our hands to the Lord. Father, we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus that we're not just regular, ordinary people trying to make it through life, that we're supernatural, born-again people with the Holy Ghost of God in us, that you said greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. You said we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. You said we walk by faith, not by sight. I want to thank you for the encouragement we received from the Word of God tonight, for the faith that was stirred and built up in us. And, Lord, I want to thank you this week for sending people across all of our paths that are messed up, people that are hurting, people that are saying, I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And, Lord, I thank you for the boldness of God in every one of us, Lord, that we'll be bold. We'll take a deep breath, and we'll just be able to say, I'm glad you asked me for that. You come to the right person, because I've got the answer for you, and his name's Jesus. We thank you, Lord, we're going to be able to do that. And, Father, we just want to thank you for a blessed week, and we can't wait to get back here Sunday for another double dose. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Now, we get to do the Barstow Faith Confession. Amen. Amen. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.